0: Influencer SEO Week on the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro. And this week, we're going to publish an episode every day talking about how you can think about leveraging influencer marketing strategies to improve your SEO performance. Joining us for Influencer SEO Week is Joe Sinkowitz, who is the co-founder and CEO of Intellifluence, which is a simple and powerful marketing platform that helps brands partner with key influencers to achieve better marketing results. So far this week, Joe and I have talked about SEO and influencer marketing and how they can work together. And today, we're going to talk about where you can find the right influencers to boost your SEO performance. And this podcast is also sponsored by Hrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health backlinks and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Alright, here's the second installment of Influencer SEO Week with Joe Sinkowitz from Intellifluence. Joe, welcome back to Influencer SEO Week on the Voices of Search podcast.
1: It's like I never left.
0: It is like you never left. Hey, everybody, here's a little secret. We actually record these all in sequence. It's still actually Thursday, even though this episode is going to be published on Tuesday. But hey, let's pretend it's a totally new episode. Joe, we're happy to have you back. Great to have you on another day. Let's talk a little bit about finding the right influencers. Yesterday, we talked about how influencers can help you with their link building strategies, build your credibility, take advantage of their audience, and do it in an authentic feeling way, even if you're disclosing that they are being paid for their promotion. With that said, the proof is in the pudding. Where do you find the right people for your brand?
1: Intellifluence.com, episode over. No, so there's there's a lot of different places you can find them, right? Even back in the day when Ninja Outreach was starting, that was a good place for people. It's a cold outreach tool. It's a scraped database. So you have to be aware that it's a scraped database and all the bad that comes with that where people don't always know that they're in that database. So if you're saying, I found you on Ninja Outreach, be like, oh, what does that mean? That's one method. And there's a lot of databases out there like that. Group High is another one that's a little higher quality, of course. But again, they have a very large database of potential bloggers out there that you could push towards. I know Rand Fishkin's created SparkToro. His thesis there was to try to find potential influencers on a subject looking at stuff that they posted on a blog via Twitter. So that's a method. Of course, I have Intelfluence. What networks like we do is we'll go and try to onboard people and let them provide us with the social platforms that they're already participating in, of which blogging is one of them. And that's how they find the blogs. So uh, someone that authenticates on a brand side within us, they look and the bloggers they see, those people have already signed up. It's warm outreach versus cold. So there's the cold and there's the warm types of outreach But it's very prevalent. It's not hard to find influencers these days. Now that it's become a broader subject than the Kim Kardashians of the world, and bloggers are starting to embrace the, hey, you know what? I am an influencer. I could do this. It's not that hard. I'm already talking about my life story as it is. Then just reaching out to them and being transparent and honest with what you're trying to achieve, getting their honest review, you... Get the outcome that you want.
0: So, there's a couple different things to think about here that you've mentioned. First and foremost, you know, I think you have to think about what channel, right? You're looking at Instagram or a blogger or a YouTuber or a TikTokist. I don't know if that's what they're called, but, uh, you know, I'm almost 40. So, TikToker. Hey, there's a whole bunch of different marketing channels that you can think about or, or platforms where people have these large followings. There's even podcasters. Mm hmm. FYI. Talk to me about how you figure out what is the right channel to use when you're trying to grow SEO performance. Is it all just bloggers, or can you start taking advantage of some of the other channels as well?
1: It's a good question. So, I wrote a book on this. So, there can be a very long answer to that. Bloggers is always going to be a big piece of it. Some of the other pieces, though, let's talk Twitter. You know, there is a fire hose within Twitter that gets consumed by Google. So if your work as an SEO is in the ORM side of things, maybe you're trying to clean up a reputation. It's not necessarily to rank a specific domain, but to bump down some bad listings on a search. Well, you might use influencers to start mentioning phrases in mass to the point where you can get a hashtag trending. And then from there, have that hashtag trending just happen to be the phrase that you're interested in ranking for, Google consumes a module of some tweets side by side. Now you've used Twitter influencers as a channel for SEO purposes. So you could do the same thing, obviously, with YouTube. That works extremely well. I know I talked in the previous episode about using YouTube in conjunction with blogs. I do that quite a bit. That works really well for complicated subjects where you not only are getting the link in a blog post by doing a reaction to some other level of expertise, discussing a topic, which then you have the link in the description of the YouTube videos, you're throwing views back to the YouTube videos to help them rank as well. We like to amplify everything too. So we'll use influencers on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn for all blog posts, because it's a great way to just to push shares. We know that Google is looking at Android level data and Chrome data more and more. And they recently disclosed that they actually do that for the EU Commission's monopoly discussions. So from there, we know that if you're already doing one activity, you might as well get more bang for your buck by trying to extend that elsewhere in other channels. And that's just one quick way to do it.
0: Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. So help me prioritize. If the answer is all of the social networks can help you because Google is looking at Android and Chrome data to reference how important a brand is, should you be focusing on bloggers first, then going to social networks? Or are they all kind of one and the same and you're looking for audience and fit?
1: I think you end up looking at a couple different variables there. So if you're already ranking fairly well, you may not care so much about additional bloggers simply because you have enough juice to the main domain. Mm -hmm. And from there, you might be looking at saying, okay, I just need to make sure I get some amplification to push enough positive user signals back. And so at that point, you're making a monetary decision of what's going to be less expensive to get the most amount of users to me. What's going to be the least amount of money I could spend in order to drive additional brand queries? Maybe it's a viral TikTok campaign where you're just trying to get people to say a silly phrase that is your brand name as part of the phrase. Maybe it's that hashtag concept from earlier on Twitter. Maybe it's something entirely different for Facebook posting. That's just the way that I tend to approach. So I'll I'll try to take a look to see like, do I need additional blog posts Yes or no? If I do, then I go ahead and get it. I like to always be getting them. I like a consistent level of marketing to always be taking place in case I need to ramp up or down. I hate the spike because I always feel it looks even more unnatural to go from zero to a thousand blog posts. Doesn't look right, but to have kind of just constant ten blog posts every week looks way more natural.
0: Okay, so let's say that we're prioritizing our bloggers because we're starting a new property and we're trying to be consistent, but we really do want the links more than the amplification at first. So we're focusing on our SEO strategies. How do I isolate which are the bloggers or whatever network we're going to choose? What are the variables that I'm looking at to figure out who's a fit for my brand and who has a meaningful amount of reach?
1: Well, I mean, I can't speak for all networks. The way that you do something like that with us would just be to select the categories that are the closest to you. So in your case, it might be technology and marketing and business. From there, then I'd select blogs as a network. I might put in some criteria of, I don't want to see anything less than a trust flow of 10. You know, Just a random number. And then from there, I do a reverse order in terms of price. Say I'm going to get all the low-hanging fruit first. And as I need it, I'll spend more money over time.
0: So when you think about what the cost is, I'm assuming that it's cost and reach are two variables that you probably need to weigh against each other. You know, I've heard with influencers that Kim Kardashian is no longer valuable as an influencer because she's so expensive and has so much reach. And there's not a ton of targeting in that relationship as opposed to micro influencers are actually more valuable because their audience is actually paying attention. Talk to me about the value of reach and how you should think about where to allocate your budget.
1: Man, I love that you're selling my business today. No, it's a great concept. So Kim Kardashians, the aspirational influencers of the world, the celebrities, the people that we want to be like, the type of products that they're best suited to pitch are extreme mass products. You're selling a Sprite, you're selling a Pepsi, you're selling... A diet fit tea, which is what her sister Kylie sells a lot of. Diet fit tea? Diet fit tea. Oh, they put that on the market. I mean, you know, really at this point, that particular family, what they've done well is yes, they can get paid a quarter million for a shared Instagram post very easily. To do a little bit more deeper content, they can go half a million to a million plus. If you were to do it for your business where I was to do it for my business, it probably wouldn't back out very well. But if we sold something very generic that has mass appeal to men, women of most ages, maybe under 50, just as kind of an easy cap, it might back out okay. Where the micro influencers really come to play, and I absolutely agree, is it allows you to select your niches properly. You say, like, well, you know, you're really interested in business and marketing and technology. I'm kind of interested in the similar topics. So we're going to focus just on those people. When we do that, if it's a blog, I don't care so much about what their overall reach is. I might be looking more at the domain level stats. But yes, as an influencer, I might say, I want that LinkedIn influencer that has at least 5,000 connections, but all the connections seem to be in the same industry. They're not a lion. They're not just connecting with anyone. So there are more variables obviously come into play. Selection criteria, the cost, and that cost tends to go hand-in-hand with micro-influencers. I was on a different show a couple weeks ago. And we were talking about celebrity influencers and micro-influencers in the variable pricing. And what I wanted to get across is that the existence of micro-influencers kind of keeps the celebrity influencers' pay rates in line. It keeps them in check a little bit because the efficacy of micro has now been recognized as being solid. So there's no need to always just jump immediately to a celebrity. You might get the value you want, over a 1,000 micro-influencers versus one celebrity. So at the same time as a micro-influencer is kind of pulling down on the runaway rates of the celebrities, the overall micro-influencers pay rates are increasing because the value is being seen. So there's more equity is being delivered to the overall market because of the now prevalence of micro-influencers.
0: Now there is value in micro-influencers because... You may be getting a more active audience. You may be getting a more targeted audience, but you have to work with them at scale. Mm. So we're going to talk a little bit about how to work with influencers to make sure that you stay efficient while driving SEO results in our next episode. So that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Joe Sinkowitz, co-founder and CEO of Intellifluence. Tune back in tomorrow if you'd like to hear more of my conversation with Joe when we discuss how to work with influencers to drive SEO results. We'd love to continue this conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Joe, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is CygnusSEO, C-Y-G-N-U-S-S-E-O. Or you could visit his company's website, which is intellifluence.com. I-N-T-E-L-L-I-F-L-U-E-N-C-E.com.